Dark by Design may contain graphic and or explicit content. Audience discretion is advised. Hey. Hi, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> good, how are you? Good. That's good. And hello and welcome. I'm Bev. <laughs> And I'm Rachel. <laughs> and you're listening to Dark by Design, the podcast where two creative gals share stories of the macabre to then pick them apart before the nightmares start. Thank you so much for joining us today. Happy past Halloween. Gosh, I know. Oh. Uh, I know the, the festive season is over and now we're going into the Yuletide season. And I'm kind of yeah. sad. It's always spooky season in my house, but yes, you know. Same. You know, be- Christmas mm-hmm. be damned. I prefer Halloween 100%. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, because like I just I don't like snow <laughs> or the winter. Yeah, and fall is my favorite season. So, yeah, it's it's that nice in between. You're not dying and sticky and horrible like in the summer, yeah. and you're not freezing your tits off like you are in the winter. Like fall, <laughs> and then spring is just too wet. Like fall is that mm. nice where it's just like that crisp air and. <sighs> So finally the jacket, the sweater weather we've been waiting for after like the, the hundred degree plus yes. weather. Yeah. <laughs> of the summer. Oh man, fall is the best. I absolutely adore it. It's just so nice. It's so nice. Ugh. Man, I really don't want winter. And then just also with like Thanksgiving, does your family do that thing where everyone gets all like dressed up and, and just sits around? Oh, um Well they, no, we used I used to. And then we kind of relaxed. <laughs> I spent a Thanksgiving with your mom. Hi, Mama. Val. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah she's that was chill. great. That yeah, was, was great. Fun. That was a fun Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, she was in the um, let me put fireball in my coffee phase of her she life. Put fireball was, in my coffee. Yeah, she she's bless good. her soul. Yeah. Oh, no, it was really I think fun. she put um, uh, Irish something. Oh, Irish cream liqueur. Yeah. Bailey's? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bailey's. Yeah, Mama Val good. knows how to party. Yeah. Oh, when Mama the holidays are around, know. she'll hook you up. <laughs> She's a blast. I love her. If mm-hmm. anyone somehow ever gets to meet Mama Val, we told She's you She's a so. festive She's woman. She's amazing. She's so yeah. much fun. <laughs> she knows how to party. <laughs> yeah. She's a peach. Yeah, her and I are going to go out on um, this uh, upcoming weekend to go celebrate um, my birthday, which, oh gosh, I don't want to be that person but hi i'm 30 now which is really weird to say um so now with my one week of uh more wisdom uh i feel more wiser admittedly uh i feel great and um yeah i mean i i feel kind of the same like i did when i was 29 (laughs) you're 30 flirty and thriving is that exactly Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I'm uh, I'm actually really excited for my 30s. I'm ready to tackle it. There's so many people that were like, oh my God, you're turning 30. Aren't you terrified? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and I like I'm my gray excited. hairs. Thank you. Yes. So take that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have like a little streak going on somewhere in the back. So when I put my ponytail up, Jacob was like, you have like a couple of hairs that are, I'm like, just leave them. <laughs> Don't tell I want to look like the bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> Yeah, admittedly i like so when i put my hair up i really want to like bleach two streaks here so when i put the hair up it's like two little streaks going up you know and when my hair is down you can see the streaks in the middle but i saw it on tiktok once i was like i want to do that i want to do that so bad (laughs) yes oh 100 do it i love messing with my hair i'm like i know i just like dyed my hair back to like my natural hair color (laughs) Instead, I would never, I took a vial saying that I would never touch my hair again with bleach, but I'm thinking about touching my hair with bleach again. So <laughs> you're fiending for the bleach. <laughs> I am. I am. So maybe, maybe sometime soon you'll see both of us with uh, various streaks of blonde in your hair. <laughs> it's never, first, never too late. Yeah. Just never, first... <laughs> never, yeah. Never take a vowel against bleach. It's a fun, it's a fun thing. As long as you know it's what you're fun. doing. <laughs> I mean, your hair grows out anyway. Like might as well have fun with it, you know? Yeah. Just try yeah. not to burn all of it off at one time. Exactly. Yeah, Go in stages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're not hair professionals. So I only bleach my hair with like a professional's help. So thank you. <laughs> yes. Get a hair professional. Is that what they're called? 
Oh, they are now. Yeah. <laughs> Hairstylist be damned. You're a hair professional. <laughs> but if you would like to learn more, uh, either about bleach or not, you can uh, find more information, photos, and videos on the on today's topic on the show's website at www.darkbydesignpodcast.com or by following us uh, what? or by following us on our socials at Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok at darkbydesign underscore podcast. Also linked in the description below. You can also find us individually on our socials. Rachel is at Miss Quirk with two Ks. And she is on Twitch, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, she streams on Twitch on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I think that's a new schedule. Yes. And yes. I am kind of also going on a Wait, hiatus no. for a couple months. Oh, okay. <laughs> she will be on a hiatus for a couple months. But maybe you'll catch a quick little stream somewhere in between if she's feeling up for it so so definitely follow her because (laughs) you might see her little notification pop up and it's just like christmas all over again so you're welcome you're welcome and then (laughs) i am on instagram sometimes twitch and on youtube at beverlocks with two s's and uh both of our socials will be linked down here and also in the description below and there's so many ways to support the show and us as content creators so the number one way is telling people, uh, so either your friends, your families, that stranger on the street that you just met, just tell them about us. Word of mouth will really help the show grow and it will give us more opportunities to make fun things in the future, which we really want to do. We have so many things planned. Ah, so many things. <laughs> it's like overwhelming and exciting at the same time. I know. I know. I'm like, where do we even start? Where do we begin? But hey, we're figuring it out. And uh, oh man, we have, oh man, are we building like an empire for you guys? I'm just kidding. But like, oh man, there's so many great things in the works. But maybe, yeah, maybe we are trying to plan an empire. Okay. Maybe, maybe we want a folklore empire. Maybe we I want to build my life and career. Exactly. I want to build my career in fairy tales. Okay. Maybe just let a girl do what she wants. Thank you. Yes. She has great ideas. You should see her little noggin. It's so good. It's so wrinkly. (laughs) Big brain, I know. (laughs) Big brain. Very big brain. But yeah, watch us and help us grow our empire one technical difficulty at a time. I think we finally tackled the audio issues and I'm crossing my fingers. (laughs) I know. Thank God for your big wrinkly brain because I don't know where the heck to go for any of this. So without you, I don't know what we would be. Man, it's just been a whole lot of trial and error. Yeah, God it's, bless. Yeah, but you know what? Fun. We're still laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you for listening, you guys. Like, I, I know it's been rough on your ears, <laughs> but it's just going to get better from here. Um, but if you're listening, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I skipped something. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're listening on other platforms, rate us five stars. And... Let's see. Hmm. Tell us about your worst college roommate. Oh gosh. Oh goodness. Oh how fun. How juicy. Yes, we tell, tell us you about mine. It. <laughs> sure. Yep. Okay. Uh can you bleep her name? Her name was So she sounds like the devil spawn. Fucking Okay. <laughs> so rude. She was the rudest. She would always scream at her mom for not letting her buy like $500 worth of groceries each week. She would scream at her mom when her mom would call her and ask her to stop maxing out the credit card with her Abercrombie and Fitch uh, shopping sprees. And then once I was in my room, literally in my room with the door closed and I was listening to Miley Cyrus, like right after she, she, she went rogue. I mean, she can do whatever she wants. She didn't technically go rogue, but you know what I mean? When, when, when she, when she did like the, like the, the twerking mold. on stage. Yeah. With yeah, uh, yeah, with that rapey guy, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know his name. He's that guy that uh, had like that between the lines song, very, yeah, very rapey. Yeah, I don't. I forget what his name is actually. Mm-hmm. But she, she opened my door and she starts screaming at me about how Miley Cyrus is a bitch and a whore and a slut and how basically went on this huge tangent about 
first of all, the way my parents raised me was obviously horrible because I ended up liking Miley Cyrus. <laughs> and then wow. she told me that Miley Cyrus is perpetuating black people being gangsters and impoverished. And I was like, what? What a tale. How, how did you, how did you <laughs> like that? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay like I I just kept ignoring her and I was like okay whatever like can you just leave my room and then she threw the remote control at my head I was like wow cool and then this bitch always ate like all the food I would cook I would I was so poor in college I would have to like split a pizza throughout the week like that's how poor I was so every once in a while and like mind you I was working three jobs but I had to pay my college tuition and shit and like my rent Shout out to my mom for helping me, but dear God, college was expensive. Oh, Um, for sure. But there was once where I finally got the chance to make chicken Alfredo. And I was just, mmm, it was so good. And I had a plate and I put the rest of it in the fridge on my shelf. And miss, please bleep her name out again. (laughs) Ate my chicken Alfredo. All of it? She ate all of it. The entire fucking pot. I was like, cool. I hate you. (laughs) So I moved out the next year and I lived with three guys. And not to be like one of those people that's like, I only have friends that are guys because clearly exhibit A, that's not true. (laughs) But if you can get college roommates that are guys they are so much easier to live with they don't eat your chicken alfredo (laughs) or throw remote controls at your head holy Mm -hmm. moly that's awful holy shit um oh she sucked wow yeah yeah no i don't think i've ever had that shitty of a of an an experience with a a roommate i had a couple that in my freshman year that just partied all the time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was uh, too big of a nerd um, that I would just stay out super late. They thought I was like a big partier, but it turned out I was just hanging out with all of my friends studying <laughs> to like four in the morning and just like hanging out. But that's um, the yeah, best no, that, kind. It's productive and you get to yeah. bounce ideas off of each other. Exactly. And they thought I was just like this like big wild partier and I would come back at like six in the morning and then wake up and go to class at you like, know, eight. You but it was just like good grades. Yeah. You're like, exactly. I'm like, well, maybe you should just, just party noggin. like I do. Yeah. yeah, and it's just me and my friends in our sweatpants shooting the shit in the study room in the library. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all we did. <laughs> but that was fun. Oh. I also moved out of the room early because the um the they just, like, trashed the the room that we were in. And uh, I didn't – I wouldn't – I didn't want to be held responsible for uh, cleaning it. So I moved into my, I said I was moving out early, but I in fact moved into a friend's um, dorm room, like a building down the, the street. Were you in the mattress <laughs> on the floor? No. No, this was in a. Uh, okay. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. But uh, college was fun. Uh, roommates suck. But if you tell us about your worst roommate story, we'll thank you on air and we'll give you a lovely compliment right back and we'll tell you how you would have been the greatest roommate to ever live oh mm-hmm. and we've also launched a patreon if you yeah, sign up yeah if you sign up for our patreon <laughs> you get a bunch of amazing goodies starting and sorry goodies and extras starting at the five dollar five dollar level including a thank you sticker and print early access to extended episodes and downloadable coloring pages that you'll absolutely love all patreon levels also have special access to our discord where we can all play games and watch movies and just talk the night away yay friendship and supporting us on patreon really helps us uh offset the cost of hosting and making the show because we record and edit our own episodes we edit our own website we keep up our social medias granted it has not been kept up lately i'm very sorry there will be stuff this week but very good. Your support really means the absolute world to us. And you know what? Even if you can't support monetarily, just dropping us those likes on YouTube, mm-hmm. those listens, those follows on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, the ratings, all of that helps. Yes. Thank Enormously. you. Enormously. Yes. And thank you for your support thus far. Yes. Uh, we are just again still just blown out of the water. <laughs> 
by everyone and you're you know everyone listening so yeah. thank you for for being you and uh keep up the good work champ because <laughs> you're amazing thank you wow quite honored thank you absolutely blown out of Ugh. the water but it's so cool <laughs> you know what else will blow us out of the water what's that? this episode oh my god i know are you ready <laughs> i'm or... pumped i saw I'm... Oh the title and the uh-huh. only thing I know about this man is he's from Romania, maybe. Yeah. And he likes to kill people. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> but I'm very excited to get into like the actual history because I really like the history. So Oh good. Without further to do, Rachel, take it away. Thank you, my darling. Thank you, dear Beverly. I appreciate it. Yes, today I have a fantastic historical report for y'all. And uh, today we're going to learn about Dracula, the true story of Dracula. So uh, Vlad III, commonly known as Vlad the Impaler, was a wild son of a bitch to say the least. <laughs> he was, <laughs> he's a he's a fun guy. He was the ruler of Wallachia or Wallachia. I forget I how you Wallachia. say it. Wallachia. Thank yeah. you. Because I keep pronouncing it like they did in the Castlevania video game series. Wallachia? And, um. Wallachia. Well, that's because they're yeah. English, right? They pronounce things. I'm sorry, English people. They pronounce no, things weird. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Um, but um, yeah, it might just been a translation issue too, because it was a Japanese game. Oh, for yeah, at first. So, moral yeah. of the story. So, if I call it Wallachia, don't make fun of me. It's from the video game Castlevania series. So, thank mm-hmm. you very much. But Wallachia, right? Yeah, I think. Okay, cool. Thank I could you. Be completely wrong. <laughs> Let's just go with We're trying our best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, it's. I think it's Wallachia, because I did translate it, and it's a, a hard... Anyway, more of the story. Uh, I believe you're correct. Okay. Uh, so, he was the ruler of Wallachia three times between 1448 and his death in 1477. While most people know him as the inspiration for Dracula, or from his pointed forms of torture... He is often considered one of the most important rulers in Wallachian history and a national hero in Romania. A hero? Yeah, turns out. Okay, get I re- want to know more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, get ready, because I was like, how do you go from being known as Vlad the Impaler to being also a national a hero? hero? Yeah, it's it feels like it's a very um, contrasting it doesn't well, make sorry. sense <laughs> yeah i mean he's a he's a very divisive person and uh we'll get into it you'll find out okay <laughs> so starting off uh vlad was born in november or december of 1431 in the room Ro- in the northern romanian state of Wallachia, which is southeast of transylvania is he a scorpio You're looking at it i'm thinking actually he might there's a possibility that vlad the impaler might be a scorpio and i would just like to state yeah, and I would like to state for the record that I don't agree with his methods or forms of torture. I'm just saying that, yeah, kind of, I get it. You know, like, <laughs> there was, at times when he had to drop the mic and he dropped the mic multiple times in like the most perfect manner and we'll get into it. But um, yeah, no, he was super brutal. But as a fellow Scorpio, I respect it. As a Scorpio rising, I respect it too. yeah man he was brutal uh he was the second son of vlad dracul ii the future ruler of Wallachia. um after vlad's birth his father joined the order of the dragon giving him the last name dracul and in 1436 he became the ruler the ruler of Wallachia, which i keep saying Wallachia, Wallachia, whatever (laughs) it is what it is I don't know, but I'm assuming Game of Thrones just pulled from them. I probably. mean, maybe yeah. or just like human history is full of like wild backstabbing, crazy stories. So yeah. I would not be surprised. <laughs> this is um, that is so cool. I please keep going. I, I'll stop sure. interrupting. I just no worries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just for a little etymology. Uh, speaking of dragons, Dracul in the nineteen or in the fourteen hundreds in Romania translated to dragon. So Papa Vlad Senior was Dracul. He was the dragon, and so Vlad Draculia meant Vlad the son of the dragon. So 
Draculia means son of the dragon. Mm. Um, so, but in modern times, uh, Dracul now means devil. So how fun. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So, so okay. Dracul back then equals dragon. Dracul mm-hmm. today equals devil. So Draculia yes. back then equals son of the dragon. Draculia today, son of the devil. Yes. Okay. Thank this is you. Enthralling. I and I will stop oh, we have uh, even... interrupting you. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good. We haven't even gotten to the good stuff yet. Uh, so in 1436, when Papa Vlad Sr. came into power, he took Vlad and his youngest brother, Radu, with him to live in the capital city. The boys were educated by Greek and Roman scholars from Constantinople, as well as combat skills and military strategies. Vlad learned the fundamentals of math, science, reading, writing, and geography, and he was also taught Romanian, German, Latin, and Old old Church Slavic. So he was a highly educated young man. Damn. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky. Especially for English. that time period. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like he was a like highly educated, especially for that time period where, I mean, education was not a high, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was like there was no public form of education at all. It was only set for the rich and like the noble families, which was insane. Vlad and his family of dragons lived a very comfortable life given the time period. Speaking of dragons, the order of dragons, which Papa Vlad Sr. was a part of, was dedicated to, to defending Christians and their lands from the Turks. The Turks were from the Ottoman Empire. So the Christian Empire and the Ottoman Empire were at odds together. Um, Ottoman Empire was um, practiced Islam, so there was also religious war. It was a huge struggle for power at the time. So the two empires did not get along at all in the least bit. And we're talking about the Middle Ages, baby. And if you know anything about the Middle Ages, which if you listen to our episodes on the Freemasons and the Muranos, boy howdy did shit get rowdy during this time period. Uh, The situation essentially was this. Two drastically different neighboring cultures hated each other bitterly and were constantly fighting to overthrow each other. It was a great time to be alive. I'm just yeah. kidding. I would have hated it. Never I... wanted to be there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Just It was awful. This is what I'm imagining Assassin's Creed is like where people are just killing each other left and right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, just a <gasps> lawless land. What's up? Ubisoft, if you're listening, please make an Assassin's Creed during Transylvanian Vlad the Impaler times. Thank you. Okay. That would be sick. That oh would my be god, sick. that would be awesome. Think about it. Oh, Think about it. I would love to hear about Vampires. it. I just want to like explore history. Yeah. 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 Oh. Speaking of your favorite fantasy TV shows, life was like some Game of Thrones type of shit for these folks. Territory disputes, backstabbing, violent overthrows. Family name and honor meant everything to the Draculs, and by oath, their main goal was to defend the boundaries of the Christian Empire at all cost. This was the goal of the Dracul household. It was drilled into the kids from day one out of utero. You defend your family, you defend your honor, and you defend your country. Keep this in mind as we learn more about dear old Devil Dragon Boy. Damn. Yeah. It gets intense. So, (laughs) defending honor at all costs Ooh, i'm excited i know okay. oh for sure yeah people make really bad mistake or no people make really bad choices because of their damaged egos it's really funny mm-hmm. good old humanity <laughs> oh i know i know <laughs> it's just a pissing t- contest and it's quite funny it's a dick measuring contest for sure yeah <laughs> So in order to regain the throne, speaking of which, <laughs> in order to regain the throne of Wall- of Wallachia, Papa Vlad Sr. built an alliance with the Ottoman Sultan, who agreed to help him if and only if Papa Vlad agreed to pay tribute to the Sultan Mehmed, Mehmed II by leaving his two youngest sons, Vlad and Radu, at the Ottoman court to guarantee his loyalty. With no choice, Papa Vlad handed over his boys to the Turks. And you would say, why Why would you make such a deal with your enemies? Weren't you supposed to, like, I don't know, weren't you part of, like, the Order of the Dragon who's supposed to hate the Turks? And why would you ask them to help you mm-hmm. gain power yeah. back to the throne? Uh, 
just backstabbing was very common in those times and people just wanted to get to power at all costs. So sometimes you have to make a deal with your enemy in order to do that. (laughs) That also reminds me of Game of Thrones because uh, uh, Ned Stark, for example, he took in the, shoot, what's his name? Uh, Reek? (laughs) I forgot his real name. But he took him in after they beat his dad at like some type of battle and it it was basically as a ward i think right Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to like help maintain power in the in the realm ah i see okay okay yeah to help like maintain peace because we're gonna like hold your kids hostage essentially so you Mm -hmm. can't you know can't fuck up unless you don't have your kids which in some cases in some cases they don't right (laughs) they're like you are expendable thank you so much have a great time goodbye i'll make more (laughs) yeah (laughs) but in this case um when i was expecting them to kind of be treated poorly they they actually weren't which was kind of shocking so the ottoman empire was just as brutal as the christian empire though they were relatively well treated the boys observed the turks as they used power as a way to achieve their end goals Vlad knew some of these methods personally. Radu, possibly due to his age, was more willing to follow the Turkish customs and embraced his new life, eventually converting to Islam and serving on the Ottoman court. Vlad, however, was the complete opposite. He refused to give up on their family name and honor, which led to various punishments and beatings. Though they were kind of like prisoners, they were also like... Guests of the empire also. (laughs) Yeah, family. (laughs) No, they were, but they had to be treated well because if they weren't that, I guess that was also a way to like spark war between um, the clans as well because the the Turks promised not to hurt his sons and if they do, then that would upset the kingdoms and then that breaks the pact. So, I'm sorry, Radu is giving up his customs, right? Like, does that break that honor and tradition and blah 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 for the direct for like the direct rules the the family yeah are you gonna so get that's into also that? i oh, am shoot. I'm yeah sorry. we're gonna get that. into it too no it's okay no it's okay um well like a, another reasoning for to have your enemy's kids brought into your kingdom is a way to essentially brainwash them to to become your ally and unfortunately that's what happened with vlad's youngest brother radu but not to vlad shit yeah which um eh, it's it it happened but um it's very interesting how everything settles out but during this time period the boys did learn logic teachings from the quran the turkish language horsemanship and warfare okay so they were treated really well and highly educated most likely to brainwash them and to have them come onto their side which we'll uh we'll see how that comes into play later on in the story it's quite fun the Turk support, however, did not help Papa Vlad Sr. In 1447, the Hungarian troops forced Papa Vlad and his eldest son, Masir II, to flee the kingdom of Wallachia. Both were eventually captured and put, and put to death, being buried <gasps> alive, leaving Vlad in line for the throne. What? Yeah. Those fucking Hungarians! <laughs> what the hell? dude it was brutal back then it's like one moment they're your friends and the next they're burying you alive yeah that's just how it was i feel like they had to be part of that quote-unquote christian empire right yeah they were yeah everyone signed the document saying we're friends and they still had knives ready (laughs) it's insane that's wild (laughs) that is wild yeah oh that's yeah Yeah, dude, it's insane. With Papa Vlad dead, the Ottomans and Vlad were forced to flee to Moldova. He lived there for three years under his uncle Prince Bogdan II's protection until 1451 when his uncle was assassinated, thus forcing Vlad to flee yet again. This time, he had a friend. Yeah. (laughs) This time, he had a friend, his cousin Prince Stephen. The two lads fled to Transylvania, where they came under the mentorship of a Hungarian warrior named John Hunyadi. Which is funny. Vlad's father and brother were killed by, you know, the Hungarian warriors. Um, Yet, Vlad decided to mentor under one. Isn't that funny? 
That's very funny. Yeah, it's weird, right? Is Stephen um, gonna spe- die? Um, no, actually, um, okay. <laughs> it's kind of no. the The weird thing about the situation is that this is the same man who ordered the death of your brother and father. Oh and shit! He- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. John Hunyadi was the regent governor of Hungary in 1447 and was was the person responsible for his family's demise. Yeah. So why the hell would Vlad side with such a man? Yeah. Two words. Sweet revenge. Oh. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. All right. I'm into it. Yeah. So Vlad respected John for three reasons. John was one, a powerful warrior. John was also fiercely opposed to the Ottoman Empire. And John also hated the new ruler of Wallachia, Vladislav II. Vladislav II was Vlad's cousin who took the throne after Papa Vlad Sr. was buried before he was blue. So Vlad and Vladislav. Yeah. Again, yeah, there's a lot of repainting names. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's fun. So John Hunyadi was friends with Vladislav II. He, and in fact, helped Vladislav II take the throne. Okay. Their friendship ended, however, when Vladislav became too lenient with the Turks and ordered the burning of several Transylvanian villages. <sighs> yeah. So John Hunyadi, just like Vlad, wanted revenge. So Vlad and John paired up and made their way to Wallachia. Vlad's quest to return to power was more dire than originally planned. In 1453, the same year John and Vlad teamed up, the Turks took over the Holy Roman city of Constantinople. Constantinople, I don't know how you say it, but securing Wallachia meant preventing the Ottoman Empire from taking over Europe. In 1456, Vlad marched to Wallachia and said, nah, this is my house, (laughs) killed Vladislav II dead in hand-to-hand combat, and then hooked his cousin up by taking back Moldovia and giving it to his cousin Stephen to rule. By hand-to-hand combat, do you mean punching him to death or, like, swords? Oh, for for swords, yeah. They, like, marched their own armies up and just, like, took... Just wiped them clean. They, like, I thought Vladislav he meant he was like, never stood a chance. But oh, for sure. In hand combat, you know? But okay, that makes more sense. For sure. <laughs> yeah, no. no, you're good. Yo, you're good. Um, yeah, no, he just like marched right up and they just whooped ass and uh, took over the kingdom very quickly <laughs> without nice. everyone really understanding it. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, which also is a common theme with Vlad and we'll. So keep that in mind. Okay. (laughs) Now that Vlad was in power, the first thing on his agenda was not to seek cold-blood revenge on the ruling families who portrayed his own. Nay. It was to build a new castle in the mountains of Transylvania that bordered Wallachia. It was a great vantage point strategically for war. You could see for miles. And it was great real estate. But he had to find someone to build it first. So he requested his spies to seek out the nobles who betrayed his family and then decided to invite them over to have them help build his new home. A large feast was prepared for his guest. Everyone was happy and congratulating Vlad on his success. And instead of asking for funds or building supplies to create his desired structure, Vlad decided to show them his appreciation for portraying his family by capturing the nobles, impaling the weakest among them, and forcing the rest to build his new castle. Oh, shit. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) And then once they were all finished, he had the rest of them executed. That's so metal. I know, right? Oh, fuck. That's (laughs) fucked. That's what you got for betraying the son of the dragon. (gasps) I know. I'm not saying Vlad was right. But I am saying he knows how to drop the mic. That's all. That's that's my point that I'm trying to make. He knows oh how to God. get revenge. Yeah, dude, it's amazing. Oh, he was uh, 100% a Scorpio. There's no oh, way. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've figured it out. Vlad was a Scorpio. Thank mm-hmm. you. He was born in the beginning of November sometime. <laughs> he 
seems like a November 13th type of guy. <laughs> oh, God bless. God bless. Uh, that's what I'm going to say. And I will fight any historian that says otherwise. Thank you very yeah, much. Historians, what do you know? <laughs> College degree, my ass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so even though that was like a really badass like uh, story or like I want to say story, but situation, Vlad was also kind of an asshole. He did enforce a strict moral code. And any rule-breaking meant death in the most horrible way possible. <laughs> uh, for example, uh, Vlad despised beggars because he thought that they labored off the backs of others, morally. He thought they were it was a moral dilemma. So uh, it is said that Vlad once invited all the beggars in Wallachia to feast in a great hall in the middle of the woods. And once they had gorged themselves on the meal, he ordered the, do- the doors to be bolted shut and set the hall on fire and declared to have ridded the country of poverty. Yeah, this dude is brutal. (laughs) So that's a story that occurred. I don't know if that's historically accurate, but that is something uh, it is said that Vlad did. So um, he also did not, um, he also had a problem with like women's virginity. Like even though that's a make-believe concept to begin with, he thought that if a woman- If she didn't Had sex before- no, if she had sex before marriage, that was, like, super immoral. And so that was, like, super horrendous. I don't want to get into it, but there was impalement and stuff. So just Were horrendous things occurred. impaled from the bejean? Yeah. From the bejean? Yeah. Uh-huh. You guessed you're, it. You're Congratulations. Telling me, thank you. God, I hate that I imagined that. <laughs> you're telling me that killing a bunch of people isn't immoral, but a woman, unlikely, unlikely being a non-virgin, gets impaled by the bajine and is super immoral. Yeah, yeah. Glad, and then her breasts, honey. Oh, wait, what? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and then her breasts are cut off, and then the person <gasps> that she had sex with is forced to eat it, and then he's killed. Yeah, that was also a fun time. Mm. Yeah, so like I said, sometimes he's cool, and other times he's really not cool. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, come uh, on, Vlad. Mm, okay. Yeah, incredibly divisive character in history. <laughs> Sorry to make everybody uncomfortable, oh, but um, we can swing it back around and turn oh. and talk more about like uh i don't know conquering an empire yeah let's do that (laughs) okay cool cool thank you in 1460 pope pisces ii called for a new crusade to reclaim constantinople matthias cornvinus the son of john hunyadi was to lead this three-year expedition and was touring various kingdoms seeking support every single kingdom turned him down except one any guesses was it wallachia yeah, that's right, baby. Vlad <laughs> was out and he was ready for blood. He was so excited at the opportunity to tackle some uh, Turks bloodshed. Yeah, Fuck and yeah. just to fight some Turks. Yeah, that Vlad and Matthias decided to team up and take down the Ottoman Empire together. So now for the ruthless war strategies and mass impalements that everyone has been waiting for. Yes. Thank you. I know. I'm pumped. Oh, God, I know. This is, oh, God, it gets so brutal. So buckle up. Oh, it's so much fun. So. (laughs) So here's the sitch. 1461 was a big year. The Turks had captured Greece by spring. Wallachia was their next target. Thinking Vlad would surrender, the Sultan sent an envoy to Wallachia demanding Vlad pay 10,000 ducats and 500 soldiers to the Ottoman Empire because we're bigger than you and we're taking your lunch money. Yeah, but the Sultan, he has however, a giant <laughs> fucking <laughs> castle on a hill. How are you going to... How? How do they <laughs> sheer, to do that? Just by sheer force and numbers. What I'm imagining and, um, is what they built for the castle. There's a castle mm. up here. If it's like... Castlevania, there's a castle up here. It's like one way up, one way down, right? Mm. So it's going to be maybe like two or three soldiers in a row. And then just a long Mm. line of soldiers. They're just going to kill them as they come up. The Ottomans are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) We will. That is actually a really good point because the the advantage 
the like the terrain or environment advantage definitely was on Vlad's side. However, the Ottomans outnumbered Vlad by like like double, like tenfold. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was just massive numbers. Okay. Um, we're talking like a hundreds of thousands versus like maybe thirty thousand. Mm. So yeah, if it was so like maybe like a maybe their lunch money. Yeah, yeah, they're um they're definitely here to take your lunch money, and they're not afraid to to use force, and that's what they're they're coming to Vlad to t- to say essentially. Right. Yeah, um, and also the Sultan knew. Speaking of which, the Sultan knew Vlad and Matthias were. This was a new crusade, and they lacked the support, hence why they didn't have a lot of soldiers reinforcements. Yeah, yeah to back them up against the Ottoman Empire. And so the Sultan assumed that it was going to be an easy win. But, oh, baby, the issue about assuming is you make an ass out of you and me. (laughs) And I digress. (laughs) (laughs) So when they arrived, the Turkish envoy refused to remove their turbans out of respect. So Vlad, being the nice guy and gracious host that he was, had nails driven into their heads to permanently secure their headwear to their skulls. Mm. Yeah. Turns out Vlad had a too much gene. <laughs> yeah, and that too much gene was um unfortunately pointed in the direction of torture. It was great. It was a fun time. So Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh the Sultan was understandably mad and sent his army to kill Vlad. In response, Vlad had his army capture and kill any Turk that they found and had them impaled on hot iron spikes. The fighting raged on into late fourteen sixty one. Too much time, energy, and blood had been spent, Mm -hmm. and it was time for the scourged earth policy to kick in. So when Vlad, yeah, and Vlad knew exactly how to take out his enemy. Remember, Vlad was raised in the Ottoman Empire as a child and knew their customs well. In order to gain access to the Turkish cities, he would travel with a small convoy, charm the guards at the gate, secure a defensive position inside the city and ambush the guards from within as his army swarmed the gates outside. Oh shit. Yeah. They're fucked. And he, yeah. And he rinsed and repeated this strategy for miles. Every Turkish man, woman, and child was unfortunately taken out. They were either, if they weren't killed in battle, they were impaled later. It was super brutal. But hey, that's a scorched earth policy for you. <laughs> Ooh. And it's pretty bad. But this was a very successful strategy for in a mere two weeks, Vlad had conquered 500 miles, <laughs> killing nearly 23,000 Turks in the process. <laughs> so and mind you, yeah, and mind you, his army was about 30,000 people strong. Which was insane to think about. And he took um, out that by, many cities? Yeah. And covered that much ground in two weeks with only 30,000 men. Yep. You see, Putin, <laughs> Putin should have taken a, a page out no, of his don't book. Give him a, <laughs> don't give him any ideas. Don't give him ideas. Putin, don't you dare. <laughs> see, you just gotta, you gotta kill your enemy from the inside out. That's why you gotta know him. That's why you gotta know your enemy inside and out. That is Damn, a good thing fuck. to take from, from Vlad's strategy book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so by early 1462, Vlad garnered a heroic reputation in Europe. Even the Pope was shouting his name from the rooftops. Everyone loved him. I can see the Pope just like waving his little stole. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. He's like, Vlad! Above his head? <laughs> yeah! He's going, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Shaking his little Pope hat around. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, everyone was like wilding out because we're like, yay, we're winning. Yeah. <laughs> For wow. once. Oh, God. There's hope. There's hope. <laughs> so at this point, you could understand the Sultan was pissed. He then ordered all of his army out of Greece, which they had just conquered the year beforehand, to then march all the way up to Vlad and his Transylvania stronghold with the sole mission of finding and killing Vlad Dracula. So, 
they completely evacuated Greece, isn't that just giving up their territory? Yeah, they gave up an entire territory stance just to kill this one man. They pulled so many resources to give up just to take down Vlad. That's how pissed off they were. <laughs> and remember, the Sultan knew Vlad well because he, he was the one that... Did Vlad single-handedly take out the Ottoman Empire? Not really. Okay. But he, he did definitely garner a huge reputation of um, telling them, you can't, you can't come over here. <laughs> you can't sit with <laughs> he us. Definitely, yeah, he de- exactly. Exactly. He did tell him, he did give him a really big middle finger <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> okay. So to make things extra spicy, now that the Sultan was super pissed off, he decided to bring along Vlad's younger brother, Radu. Yeah. So if you remember, Radu converted to Islam when he was younger. Mm-hmm. He drank the Kool-Aid long ago and assimilated into the Ottoman Empire. The Sultan promised Radu the Wallachian kingdom after the 150,000 strong Turkish army took down Vlad and his army of 30,000 men. So That's five how... times as many soldiers. Uh-huh. Hmm. Think about it. Okay. How in the world does Vlad stand a chance? Well, if you're in a shithole, you might as well get down and dirty. <laughs> and Vlad indeed did take to... No, wait, hold on, wait. Okay, and Vlad did just that. He needed to take out as many of the Turkish army, as many of Turkish soldiers as he possibly could before they reached his castle in Transylvania. He expanded his scorched earth policy to include guerrilla war tactics, poisoning drinking wells, destroying crop supplies, whatever which way you can think of it, Vlad did it, all the while impaling every single Turk he found along the way. He even, yeah, dude, he even used biological warfare. Three words, baby. Bubonic plague blankets. Oh, oh, that's not good. Isn't that going to affect his citizens too, though? Probably, but he didn't give a shit. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He was using the blankets that his soldiers got sick from and giving them, like, like shipping them back into, like, the Ottoman supply chain and like marketing them through the um the different cities so then like the whole city would be infected and then more susceptible to an attack yeah like it was brutal (laughs) i'm at a loss for words i know it's insane the tactics yeah it it just pocket sand tactics the entire way (laughs) so vlad did successfully slow the army down and took out many troops in the process However, his enemies slowly marched their way north and eventually surrounded Vlad and his remaining 24,000 troops in his castle. With his castle surrounded, Vlad decided to play a bold move. Disguising himself in Turkish attire, Vlad slipped into the enemy encampments. During this spy mission, he found the Sultan's tent and learned that the Sultan had ordered his troops into their tents at night to prevent panic in the event of a night raid. Vlad returned home where he devised a sneak attack on the Sultan. Vlad's goal, yeah, Vlad's goal was to surprise the Sultan in his tent and plunge a knife into his heart. Oh, yeah. Oh my god, he went into like Mission Impossible mode. Like that. <laughs> Just to do some like recon stuff. Oh ah. shit. On the night of June 17th, 1462, Vlad attacked the same encampment where he had spotted the Sultan the several nights prior. His troops decimated the camp, but the Sultan was nowhere to be found. Oh. Yeah, he had already booked it. Within one hour, 15,000 Turkish troops were gone versus only 5,000 of Vlad's men. Yeah, they got him good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like whatever turn the Sultan did, Vlad was always like one step ahead of them and they just used like a sneak attack or a war tactics to their advantage. They fucked up by giving him so much like, because they taught him warfare. Yeah. They taught him everything he knew. Damn, that's fucked. 
Yeah, he was using their own like strategies and culture against, against them, them in order to win. It's like insane to think about. Wow. So after this, uh, the, the sultan retreated with his tail between his legs back to the capital city of Tar- Targovishta? Targovishta? Targovishta. Tragovishta? Something like that. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> when the Turks arrived at the abandoned city, they found the remains of 20,000 impaled Turkish soldiers oh. killed in previous fights. <laughs> Just a little signature gift from uh, Vlad in the future. So these Turks that are returning back to the cities are the same Turks that went up from Greece, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then those people that they found, was it impaled? Yeah, impaled. Those are the people that Vlad had schmoozed beforehand, right? And had uh, infiltrated from the... inside and then his troops were coming out from the outside yep oh, yeah all these so were his prior fucked. yeah all these people that the 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 sultan's witnessing that are impaled are people that vlad had killed prior in his campaign against the the turks yeah i hate him but i love him i know it's like wherever the turkish people like wherever like the ottomans go they're just always met by like Vlad and his like remnants of their soldiers' ahead. bodies. Yeah, yeah, it's it's insane. Wow. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, he was like, <laughs> yeah, he was like a, such like a sneaky little thing. Yeah. Radu was then put in charge of the territory. Radu then marched his troops up to a castle outside of the city which Vlad owned. Legend has it that Vlad's wife, who was in the castle at the time vowed to feed herself to the fishes instead of being captured by the enemy, thus jumping out of from, I don't know, a highest window and falling to her death. And this is the legend that plays into Bram Stoker's Dracula story. Did they have piranhas? Piranha. Oh, oh no, that's just like the... the oh, that's just I the don't story? Know, is it a... Oh yeah, yeah. Though is that just the metaphor of just like you, you, we'll feed, feed you to the, to the fishes? fishes or oh man, yeah, I took yeah, it yeah. literally. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, she wants to be eaten by piranhas. All right, okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> okay. no, she um she fell to her death. Um, legend has it, and uh, this is where the the story of Dracula comes into play, like oh. Bram Stoker's Dracula with Elizabeth. Yeah, okay, that's where that gets tied into. All right, is lucrative. So. Very true. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, Vlad needed help. He was able to push back the Turkish advancement, but not without heavy losses. So he turned back to his friend, Matthias Corvinus. I always forget. Corvinus, thank you. I always forget how to say his name. So then he turned back to his friend, Matthias Cornivus, now king of Hungary. Ooh. Matthias, yeah, he like upgraded himself. But also it turns out Matthias kind of had a, a complex, an ego complex of himself. I bet he did. So yeah, I think everyone in power at that time, I think everyone in power does, but especially during then because you can get away with literally whatever. Mm-hmm. So Matthias wanted to become a Holy Roman Emperor and knew that the hostiles, or and knew that the hostile situation with the Turks needed to stop in order for that to happen. So he essentially wanted to be, like, the ruler of, like, the New World Kingdom. Vlad, however, wanted more blood. This is the most agreed-upon reasoning for the upcoming betrayal. But Vlad ended up becoming a prisoner in Matthias' kingdom for four years. Yeah, he had him arrested. Yeah. So not only did he just successfully claim 500 miles of territory for you and killed and slaughtered a bunch of Turks... But now they're arresting him because they don't want him fighting anymore. You pissed so off the dragon. Yeah. Yeah. They were looking at him like he was like a, like a, a ravaged dog or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Yeah, it's not good That's at all. Good. <laughs> in the four years as a prisoner in Matthias' kingdom, Vlad converted to the Catholicism and ended up marrying Matthias's cousin under the agreement that Vlad would never return to Wallachia and he would give up his quest for the crown. Yeah, sure. Didn't happen. Because we all know Vlad and his family values. 
So <laughs> Vlad agreed to the deal and then immediately broke the deal, built a weak, tiny army made out of like a bunch of random people that he found <laughs> that were just like pissed off and wanted to fight. He then reclaimed Wallachia to then be instantly overthrown by the Turks. Huh. Yeah. It, he was sucks. just like, it just, yeah. It's like he went from like a really cool like war hero to now just like essentially a dog that has balls cut off and just told like, no, you can't, you can't bite anybody anymore. <laughs> and he kept trying to bite people. I just want to give a huge old middle finger. Finkel, what? Middle finger to <laughs> Matthias. Like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He did all of that for you. Granted, he was brutal, but he did all of that yeah. for you. If it wasn't for him, the Turks would have, like, overrun your kingdom. Exactly. That's exactly. So and it's all because he just wanted to have Wallachia back. Like, he just wanted to, ha- like, have his his own territory back. But I think what was occurring is be- there was... He was too much of a divisive figure, and giving him a place in power meant that there was never going to be peace between the two kingdoms. And Matthias being the wannabe, I don't know, Roman emperor in his yeah. mind that he, you know, that he thought he was just like, hey, we'll just take him out, we'll take Vlad out of the picture, and then we'll no one will have to worry about anything anymore, and we can have peace between the kingdoms. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and unfortunately, that's what happened. Most scholars believe that Vlad was killed while fighting in early 1477. His head was sent back to Constantinople, (gasps) where it was preserved in honey for everyone to see that the impaler was once and for all dead. Honey preserves things? Yeah. Watch it be like at the Smithsonian Museum or some shit. (laughs) For sure, dude. Oh, man, think about it. That'd be really cool. I, I doubt... But if it is, I hope it's on display somewhere because I, I want to know what Vlad the Imperial looked like, you know? Think about it. I hope you looked like a vampire. I know. I hope you looked cool. <laughs> uh, but like, uh, but even today, Vlad's brutal legacy lives on 600 years later. An estimation of his execution victims are as such. Uh, and remember, this is an estimation, so keep that in mind. And this is also what I was able to to find based on historical resources. So, out of all of his killings or ex- victims of execution, twenty thousand were from impalement, five thousand were beheaded, ten thousand were burnt at the stake, Ooh. ten Turks had their nails driven into their heads, and at least one person was boiled alive and then cannibalized. What? Yeah, there was that too. He was a cannibal. No, he d- he didn't eat them, but he. Um, the story went that there was a um, a noble family that essentially pissed him off, and so he um, killed one of their. Sorry, this is brutal. Um, just a warning. He he killed one of their kids and then forced the entire family to like eat it, eat the body. Yeah. Oh, by the way, he he boiled them alive. So there was that too. Oh shit. Yeah, so it was, like, super brutal. <laughs> this man did not play around. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's a great time. Mm. Though he was a brutal leader and a feared warrior, in Romania, he is still viewed as an important national hero who stood up to the Ottoman Empire, even when no one else would. And that is the true story of Dracula. Holy shit right thank you so much for putting that together that was a lot of fun thank you so much for appreciating this story because it's it's a wild one it truly is i think this is our best episode to date this is thank you this (laughs) this story i had and listeners please tell me if you have also never heard this i didn't know this Mm. like at all all I know about Same. Vlad is well, what I t- said in the beginning and that he was probably like the, the inspiration behind Dracula. Yep. Oh, he's so metal. Yeah. He is so metal. Yeah. I, Dude, I know he's so brutal, but man. Fuck. Impaling mm-hmm. women by their bajines. Yeah, I God, know. That was, I hate that. Was so, <laughs> I hate yeah. that. And there's so, 
there's so many stories that I left out because a lot of them seemed like they were just like historical BS, kind of like um, uh, Madame, Madame Delphine uh, Lalaurie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Vlad's insane. Yeah. He's incredibly he, brutal. I, I'm at a loss for words. I, I, I love him yeah. and I hate him at the same time. It's just, mm-hmm. he's, like you said, he's a very divisive figure. Like, I, wow. Yeah, I, many times during my notes, I found myself rooting for him and then immediately shouting many obscenities no! his way. Like, <laughs> yeah, in like a paragraph right after. I was like, oh, come on. Like, you were so cool. I had your back and now you're doing this bullshit. Okay. Yeah, it's like a good <laughs> TV drama. I... True. Wow. I mean, amazing job playing this out. Like, just just the, the backstory and the betrayals and his death. It's just, it's cool to see how he went from basically almost single-handedly overturning the Ottoman Empire. Like, yeah. all of the shit he did where he, like, went behind their backs, like, when they were coming back from, from Greece. Like, he made them pull out of Greece just to hunt him down. Like yeah, he, he, the salt yeah, the Sultan completely said no more resources were diverting my attention from Greece and focusing only on this one single person. Mm-hmm. It's and then to being just killed like that. It, yeah, like it was nothing. Yeah, just being portrayed by like literally everyone around you and essentially falling victim, just as your father had done. Because uh, if I remember correctly in my notes, um, Matthias was, yeah, he was the king of Hungary. Yeah. His father fell a victim to the Hungarian army before him. Before him and it was and that now... person that he uh, uh, studied under, right? Yeah. 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 It was Matthias's dad who betrayed Vlad's dad. And then it repeated, history repeated itself again. That... And Matthias betrayed Vlad. Yeah. It was just like one betrayal after another. That's why history is important, and kids. So much. Yeah. You'll learn from past mistakes. Yes. Wow. It's ridiculous. And there's there's so much detail, especially with like different um, like battles that I didn't get into that I would have loved to to sit down, but I had to cut for time. Mm-hmm. They were great. Um, it's actually fun facts. It's thought that Vlad the Impaler was the first person to use gunpowder in in battle in <gasps> war. Really. Yeah, they it, there was a um, one of the battles against the the Turks. They had used it to um, to their advantage, and oh, I forget what how the story went. But yeah, he's like accredited for being like the first person to use gunpowder in in battle. Wow, which was insane. Yeah, he was like he was top dog of a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like a he's innovative. He's brutal he's uh resourceful he mm-hmm. fucking wild wicked oh, smart wicked intelligent smart. yes very mm-hmm. well studied he understands yeah he understands how to like use people like in their culture against them it- it's just so insane like i love hate him so much yeah <laughs> he's really cool wow well yeah i'm like the yeah. more i'm reading about him i'm like you know, I give him one thing. He might have been an asshole sometimes, but he really did stick to his guns. If he wanted something done, he did get it done, and he was a fighter and a fierce warrior at that. And so I say hats off to you, Vlad. You have my respect. And I'm not, like I said before earlier in the episode, I'm not necessarily agreeing or saying that I like him, but he does know how to drop the mic, and I appreciate that. Yeah. And so hats off to you, good sir. <laughs> Tipping my hat to you. <laughs> Vlad Dracul. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, shit. Yeah. Well, <sighs> for sure. If you guys want to learn some additional facts about this, um, be sure to catch us at our next stream. Wonderful. Yeah. So if you guys want to learn more about this topic, we'll have some additional uh, fun facts for you at our stream on November 27th at... 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, And we'll have two 
juicy stories for you at that time. We're not giving you the theme yet because we don't have it, but we're not telling you that. <laughs> but you don't know anything. You don't know anything. Don't know any- <laughs> we'll have two juicy stories for you at that time. Uh, and... You know, if you're unable to catch the stream, you'll be able to catch the episodes later on. But if you want to hear those two episodes together, then definitely catch the stream at that date. And then as far as the uh, extra facts regarding the story and all other stories from November go, if you don't hear them on stream, then you can catch them on our Patreon. So uh, be sure to sign up if, if you'd like to support us. But aside from that, Thank you so much for listening to our creepy stories and wild speculations. This has been the Dark by Design podcast. Like, comment, subscribe, and follow for more monstrous episodes released every Monday at midnight. You can find more information about today's topic on the show's website at www.darkbydesignpodcast.com or on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok at darkbydesign underscore podcast. Listen to us on your favorite podcast streaming site, Or watch the show on our YouTube channel. And just remember, like always, we want to hear from you too. So remember that this is a two-way relationship. If you have a creepy encounter, a ghost story, or a personal true crime story that you'd like to share with your fellow coven members, DM us your story on our socials or preferably email us at darkbydesignpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and just go ahead and drop listener story in the in the topic. And uh, I think that's it. <laughs> um, let's see. How do we usually end this it. with a song? Sure. Uh, oh yeah, you've been singing. I have been singing. I forgot what I was singing though. You know what? Okay. Bye, friends. <laughs> okay, we'll see ya. The world of shocking monster. Never have you known such cringing terror, such sudden shocks.